0: And welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the collider weekly podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews coming to you all the way from the kingdom of Hades. I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me playing
1: some smooth
0: jazz from a spaceship mm. called Odyssey. Mm. It's my co-host, Dave Trombor. David, 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 how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good, man. Just enjoying some space jazz in the 31st century while you... <laughs> wait, where are you coming from today? I'm coming from the kingdom of Hades,
0: you know, in the 31st century!
1: No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hades, what? like, like ancient Greek mythological Hades?
0: No, no, like kingdom of Hades out in the outer space, like in the 31st century. You know, space no, travel.
1: I actually don't. Like, I, we've been looking for you guys for a very long time. You want to drop a, like a ping? You can drop a nah. little ping. It's like, like a
0: great uh, Marco Polo or Where's Waldo <laughs> that you're never going to figure <laughs> or out.
1: Just the absolute worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good or healthy for anybody. It's really not.
0: Oof. We... But this show is. <laughs> is it? Mm, <laughs> it we'll definitely is. Out. It definitely is. We are talking about Ulysses 31. Yeah. This is an interesting show. Oh yeah! Just to kind of start this off, Dave, did you did you ever get into Greek mythology when you were in school?
1: I mean, as much as any kid who played like God of War probably did. Yes, I guess. I, guess. I mean, I don't know. We, I didn't. I never studied like quote unquote the classics. Um, okay. Like with a structured class or anything like that. <laughs> you know, the the occasional, uh, what do you what do you call Odyssey reading. The Homer, the sure. Iliad, all them things. Uh, just a basic pantheon of uh, classic gods and goddesses and some stories here or there. We watched okay. uh, Hercules on TV, if that counts. All right. all right. Clash, No Clash of the Titans? I definitely love Clash of the Titans. Yeah, great the OG. movie. Great yeah. that's Not the reboot. Not the no, reboot. definitely not the reboot. Yeah, not the reboot. Everything I know from uh, about classic Greek mythology <laughs> is probably from pop culture, <laughs> if that's what you're driving at. How about you? Did you have any actual like classical schooling?
0: No, and we're probably going to really frustrate a lot of classics Ooh, yeah. majors, you know, all, all of them that are out there that are listening to this podcast. Shout out if you are a classics major, message me. We will send you stickers because I feel like I'd only be sending out like two or three stickers and I'd be fine with that. And you guys are respected and we appreciate it.
1: What's crazy is all the classics majors out there who actually translate every single one of our podcast episodes into Latin. It's amazing. It's
0: <laughs> terrible. Some idea. say
1: it's a dead language, but these, you know, <laughs> these folks keep it up, and I do appreciate it. Oh no,
0: that's awful. i I got really into Greek and Roman mythology in yeah. middle school and I think I did a presentation on
1: Poseidon at some nice. point in seventh well, grade. You are well equipped for this episode.
0: Yeah, I was super pumped about it. Uh, and then I think I probably read like abridged versions of the Odyssey when I was in high school kind of as a part of a, a literature
1: class that we that I took. And by that, you mean you just read the Percy Jackson series when it came out?
0: <laughs> no, actually, I never, I think I watched part of the movie, but I, I haven't. The books are good. Are they? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
1: They're, I mean, they're cute they're right, level, look, like they're don't, Harry don't Potter Don't sell level, me yeah, on
0: Percy good. Jackson, okay? Sell me on Ulysses 31. Ulysses that's 31. What that's what we're on right now. The
1: original Percy Jackson.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, when you think about the timing of this yeah. and when this show came out, uh, I'm going to kind of say, you know, for something that came out in 81. Mm-hmm this would have kind of influenced a lot of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. Or at least there are a lot of notable franchises and components of this show <laughs> that I feel maybe inspired things that both came ways. out in the eighties and nineties. It 90s. goes both ways. Yeah. Right. Look, I don't want to say the divine hand of Zeus had an influence in terms of what he did for this, but who knows, who knows
1: where, you I, know, I gotta say, this is an interesting case study in God's being not super helpful uh shall we say since i'm trying to keep it safe for the kids out there like
0: (laughs) dave isn't that always the case isn't that always the case isn't that always the case
1: ain't that always the way
0: that's my new catchphrase i'm gonna try that out from now it's just dave isn't that always the case i like
1: that you always lead with my name regardless of who you're talking to
0: yeah doesn't matter
1: it doesn't matter matter. where did this one come from though why haven't we covered this before what have we been doing
0: Thank you. So we have been taking a lot of listener recommendations. Mm -hmm. This is an extra special listener recommendation because this comes from our friend Bobby Anthem. This is a Bobby Anthem recommendation. Just want to say we have always appreciated Bobby for everything that he does being just an extra special friend of this show and collaborator on everything that we do from week to week. We love Bobby. Thank you so much, Bobby, for always being there for us and and helping us out and working with us. We really can't tell you how much we appreciate your friendship and everything that you've done, buddy, so thank you.
1: He's literally the third voice of this show. Like, if you know Sean's voice, if you know my awful voice, and then you're like, just shut up, you two, and let me get to Bobby's synopsis. Like, (laughs) we know that's what you're waiting for every week. We do the same thing. We scroll right to it. (laughs) He's the third voice of the show, and that, that definitely needs to be stated, yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. So we want to mention... Bobby is making a recommendation. A lot of you out there have also made recommendations for cartoons or for social media in the comments of YouTube. We really do love those recommendations. And if you want to recommend a cartoon to us, go to the bio for any of our social media accounts, click on that link tree. It's not a virus, promise you. Uh, The second button I think says suggest a cartoon, or you can go one step further if you don't wanna suggest a cartoon from just the Google form that we have that's available. You can dial 202-681-4406 you can call in you can leave a voice message and we are legally bound by our cartoon lawyers that we 100 percent have to review those shows so if you want to have a show and kind of prioritize it and get it bumped up to the top of the queue give us a call we have a bunch that are in queue already so we will be getting around to those so thank you guys so much for doing this uh, we love this because we want to know what you want to have us watch <laughs> I mean, you know, we can do all the programming ourselves, and we yeah. have for six years, <laughs> you know. But but we love knowing what we've missed or what was important to you or what has fallen through the cracks in terms of the you know over two hundred and was it two hundred and seventy-five ep- almost seventy-five yeah. episodes that we done. Yeah. So you know, with everything that we've done in addition to all the interviews and everything, we want to know what's important to you. We love being able to get into that, and we love that Bobby was able to tell us to watch Ulysses thirty-one this week. So. Bobby, we're going to now kick it over to you to tell us a little bit about Ulysses 31. So, Bobby, take it away.
2: Ulysses 31 is a French-Japanese animated television series that updates the Greek mythology of Odysseus, known as Ulysses in Latin, to the 31st century. The show comprised 26 half-hour episodes and was produced by Deke Audiovisual in conjunction with anime studio TMS Entertainment. The plot of the series describes the struggles of Ulysses and his crew against the divine entities that rule the universe, the ancient gods from Greek mythology. The gods of Olympus are angered when Ulysses, commander of the spaceship Odyssey, kills the giant Cyclops to save a group of enslaved children, including his son. Zeus sentences Ulysses to travel the universe with his crew frozen until he finds the kingdom of Hades, at which point his crew will be revived and he will be able to return to Earth.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Bobby. Super appreciate it. We have to ask the question now, if Bobby was in this show, hmm. Dave, who would he be? I, he's got to be one of the gods, right? Oh, I was going to say we just renamed the show uh Bobby 31.
1: Just Bobby 31, just, <laughs> Bobby, just, 31. just Bobby doing Bobby things in the 31st yeah. century.
0: I'm not going to I'm not going to take a Bobby recommendation for a show that I enjoyed watching, spoiler hmm. alert, and I'm not going to like <laughs> jump into this where we have probably one of the best illustrations of a hero's journey and i'm not gonna not put bobby into that hero's position
1: that's fair that's fair yeah. i was thinking he'd be a good like Hephaestus. okay it's a good strong name you don't hear too often picture bobby is a good Hephaestus.
0: i just you know i keep bobby as like zeus let's if we want to like give him a zeus okay yeah want to make him like an omnipotent power you always want up me the hero i always or think we'll i'm doing zeus.
1: good giving him like a cool like blacksmithing like super god and you're like nah he's he's zeus Oh, all I mean, right, well, okay. I can't do better than that. Why do I go first? I never learn. <laughs> Why do I go first? I never uh, learn. It's like yeah. it's like tic-tac-toe with you. <laughs> For I all the copious amounts of
0: time that we played tic-tac-toe <laughs> yeah, together. I
1: should never go first. Every time.
0: <laughs> what a mistake.
1: What a mistake.
0: Uh, so bad. You know what
1: wasn't a mistake? That's your transition. Oh, perfect. You know what
0: wasn't a mistake? Us perfect. reviewing this cartoon and getting into it tonight. <laughs> See how I'm going to pick up on that? So good. So good. Perfect, seamless segues. We are going to talk about Ulysses 31, thanks to Bobby. We are going to talk about this in terms of the good, the bad, and the LOL. Does that sound like a spaghetti Western? <laughs> you bet your fistful of dollars. I was making another Western pun. It's nice. fine. We're that's doing great. No, we're great. We're going to talk a lot about what was good about the show and what we enjoyed. We'll talk about the bad. Some things that didn't necessarily resonate with us, you know, from a show that's almost 40 years old. And then we're going to talk about the LOL. Some of the things that we laughed about, whether it was intentional or unintentional that was in the show, I also want to just kind of be very respectful for all the creators that are in the show and say that we recognize that a lot of time, energy, money, blood, sweat, and tears goes into making all of these cartoons. So we are really kind of making a snap decision in a lot of our judgments about Ulysses 31. We've actually watched the top-rated episode, Uh, which is called the magician in black and we watched the first episode which is called the vengeance of the gods so right so we're going to talk a little bit about sort of both of these just in terms of uh you know what has actually happened all of the points that we have mentioned the good the bad and the lol so to kick us off and kind of get into this dave what was something good about ulysses 31 what was something that like struck you right away
1: Yeah. So I think like highest level, we got to talk about the premise of the show itself, which Bobby kind of teased with the synopsis there. But you're essentially taking that classic Greek myth of the Odyssey, transplanting it to a far flung future in space in the 31st century, and just seeing what that looks like and how that plays out. And yeah, it's basically like public domain. You can take all the stuff from the the distant (laughs) classics from thousands of years ago and do whatever you want with them. But it was an interesting way to retell What's obviously a long-standing story with a bit of a sci-fi space twist. Sometimes it works better than others. That's why we have the good, the bad, and the LOL. Uh, but I think overall it was a really interesting premise to start out. What do you think, as a as a classic scholar? What do you think about <laughs> yeah, that approach? Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I just speaking about sort of the story and sort of the the interesting part of this. There's a lot of information because obviously they are putting this classic story into a future setting, yeah. and so. I think that this show does a great job within the first two little over two plus minutes in the beginning of each episode, sort of giving you this pre context, which weaves almost seamlessly into the theme song. So it's two minutes. You get a lot of information. (laughs) But at the same time, kind of because I watched these out of order because I'm a jerk and I ended up watching The Magician in Black first before I watched the actual first episode. uh, It was nice for me to be able to kind of understand why these characters were in this particular setting that they were in. And so it was very helpful contextually to kind of seamlessly drop into the program.
1: I will say, uh, interesting fact, I watched the first episode first, doesn't matter, because they (laughs) still lead off with that same basic (laughs) intro exposition and theme song, which then... Is just retold in that entire recap, first episode yeah. <laughs> so it's like you get to see the same clips the same line deliveries the same like what they boil down in the beginning as the exposition and reason for the show existing then plays out for the next half hour so it's kind of like well why did i watch 25 minutes when i already knew what was going to happen from the intro
0: but the, you know the, the key thing is repetition sure. you know and so you know being able to remind you at the beginning of the show why you're watching it? Re-explain some of the stuff in the middle of the show, and then just have a continuation of that real slapper theme song, you know, yeah. at the end to Heck kind yeah. of remind you of exactly how you should specifically sing Ulysses over and over just, and over again.
1: And I want, I'd love the theme song. Uh, that, that's <laughs> definitely it's one of my goods. Uh, there are parts of this theme song that definitely go in the Lols, <laughs> but the theme song itself. It's pretty solid. I mean it's it's a shooky levy joint, you know? We've talked about them before. They've delivered some of the best, most memorable theme song. This is up there. It's one of the best of the eighties, probably. Not saying much, but it's definitely like a memorable one. They take some weird choices and big swings with it, but it's it's fun. It's a it's a verified bop. In it's my very
0: book. it's very funny for a shooky levy joint. It sounded a lot like sticks and almost rush had come into a studio. Uh, yeah, this there's together. a lot
1: of like Roboto kind of stuff going on there. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was definitely very weird. And, and I, you know, we'll and a hint at it because I think we're going to come back to it later. But the Roboto voice that they have that is in this. I put it as a good just because it's so yeah, it's just it's so it's so weird. And, it, you know, for for watching something that's in a, a future setting, mm-hmm. there was a moment where I, I, I'm I'm laughing at kind of how they're doing a pronunciation of Ulysses. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that later because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get too much into it right now. But we're, we're, we'll talk about it. So all of a sudden, then they're, they're, they're moving in this direction. And you're just like, oh, my God, I'm like a minute and 30 seconds into this. Yeah. And then suddenly you get this like. Burr, 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 and you're,
1: and it's like a rober burble or whatever yeah, those things it's are a, called. A rober burble. So, burble.
0: Yeah. And so you at that point, I just sat there and I'm like, yeah, of course. If you were going to heighten this theme song in terms of doing anything, sure, you would make it almost unintelligible with a robot voice and just lead in that
1: direction. Yeah. It's like if this was remade today, it would probably be like a Daft Punk thing, but they would just like filter that robot voice to the point of being like unintelligible. It's very much the same as it was back in 1981. But yeah.
0: So we we have some goods for the theme song in terms of really
1: enjoying it. I think uh, the theme song hits each of these three categories for me. <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep coming back to that. So go listen to it now if you haven't yet.
0: You brought up the idea of the premise yeah. of this cartoon. I love the premise of this as well. And cool. the idea that they, they really talk about the fact that, uh, <laughs> that, that there's a Cyclops that is out there that Ulysses has defeated, which... Big disclaimer there. It was not necessarily Ulysses. He was just kind of. He was involved.
1: He was
2: around.
0: Yeah. He was like, yeah, it's it just. I. It, it's challenging because he didn't really defeat the Cyclops. Uh, it, it was, lo and behold, it was one of the other characters that I feel like we're going to put into the bad category. Oh, down 100%. Road. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a little robot character named No No. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the result of this really kind of made me it resonated with me for a PlayStation 4 game that mm. came out late last year uh that's called Control. Oh yeah, yeah. And there is this this moment, you know, where the the Cyclops has been defeated, uh, these like disciples of Poseidon have asked Poseidon to kind of curse or punish Ulysses as a result. And so then a majority of the crew that Ulysses has is then suddenly just these like lifeless bodies that are hovering in the oh, air. Oh, you're right. I didn't even in put the those spaceship. Together. Yeah, and it it is that is part of what happens in the game control, not yep. the Greek god aspect of <laughs>
1: not it. The yeah, yeah, the not the Cyclops part. Not the Cyclops part. Thirty-first century, maybe. Or just
0: well, no. I mean, well, it, maybe, uh, but it's it's definitely like the the floating body creepiness thing. So And creepy. that that pops up multiple multiple times, and and there's something eerie about it. But I, I, I like the fact that it's this bizarre, constant reminder of the mission that Ulysses has to accomplish.
1: For many episodes, because it's also in one of my LOLs, which I'll save. <laughs> so keep all these things in mind, listeners, because we're coming back to a lot of these things. But so so explain real quick, kind of, how did these bodies get this way? What happened? Like, yeah, he defeated the Cyclops. So what what happened next?
0: wasn't it uh, like these disciples of Poseidon asked Poseidon and then Poseidon like asked Zeus.
1: It was a Zeus... real telephone situation yeah. <laughs> of like a whisper down the alley of like, what are we going to do with these guys?
0: <laughs> just, a <laughs> just a whole telephone game just to kind of like extract these souls into like sort of like a limbo state.
1: It was just kind of like a, like, you know, passing the buck, like, eh, that's above my pay grade. Let me call up the big boss and get him to handle it.
0: Right. So then Zeus kind of hands out this punishment you know, and and maybe during the telephone game, it kind of like, you know, the message got a little bit scrambled. I and think that's like, what happened, yeah. Wait, you want me to just like float bodies in the middle of a spaceship?
2: Sure. Yeah, Alright, fine. Alright. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so this, that's exactly what happens. Like, I know we're laughing about it, but that's, that is 100% accurate in terms of what happens.
1: And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying like this is an adaptation, but sometimes they're really strictly adhering to the original kind of mythology with stuff as far as like curses and punishments from the gods. It's a weird thing when A Greek god pops up in the middle of space in the 31st century in, like, a black hole and then sentences you to just, you know, do a bunch of challenges until you can find the kingdom of Hades, find your way (laughs) back to Earth, and only then will all these bodies of your former, like, friends, family, and crewmates have their souls restored and be turned, like, back from stone into, like, living flesh. But meanwhile, they're just going to float in the random cargo hold of your giant spaceship, just as a terrifying reminder.
0: Which, like, at a point, like, they are encountering enemies out in space and their 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 ship is taking like it's getting fired upon like oh, they're yeah. taking shots where suddenly like a fire breaks out and and, and you just see Ulysses he's just like oh don't worry about that uh they'll be fine Um, the The robo fireman the robo fireman which i was i at that moment i was like wait we have transformers in this thing (laughs) because suddenly yeah a a little truck pulls up and a bunch of transformers they either look like a cross between like inferno from transformers or the optimus prime fire truck and hot rod
1: yeah and they
0: just they just begin kind of like putting out some fires nonchalant just like doing it where you see all this billowing smoke rising up in this giant cargo hold and these just like floating hanging bodies that are soulless it is so creepy
1: and i will still revisit that in my lol yeah yeah i will say though like like touching on that for a moment like the animation in this thing pretty solid i think it's tms uh in in association with deke mostly done overseas but the animation was really solid for like a space sci-fi adventure i really dug the design of the spaceships both the massive kind of odyssey ship the little kind of individual uh flyers that they had that like what was his name? Telemachus, the kid.
0: Yeah, a awful Telemachus. Name for
1: a kid. I, I don't care if it's pulled. I know the classics guys are freaking out right now. I know it's from the myth. Calm down. It's still a terrible name for a kid on an <laughs> 80s TV show. What would have been a better name? Telly. Telly? Yeah. Okay. Sure yeah. for Telemachus. you still be sure for Telemachus, but you don't need yeah. to say the whole alphabet soup every time you try to call this kid in for dinner. Just call him Marcus, like Marcus. like Marcus would have been fine. Yeah,
0: Marcus. Would have been fine. <laughs> Just get him in here. Love like, it. It would have been totally cool. You mentioned about animation. I want to say, yeah. You you hinted at Daft Punk earlier. Mm. There are a lot of things that reminded me of the. If if anybody ever watched the the Daft Punk music video one more mm-hmm. time, there is a. There's an anime that they cut together in order to make that music video. That's from uh, Interstellar five 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 five. There's four fives, four which fives. is not confusing at all. It's the uh, the story of the secret star system, at, which fives. is yeah, which is a very fun. A show you should definitely go and watch that it had a mix of that and Galaxy Express 999 mm. which again there's only three nines but they're all nines it's just numbers for some of these animes are very confusing but it's still super fun to kind of see this kind of felt like a merger of a lot of those different styles in terms of what they had that was out there but it, it really is sort of that late that late 70s mm-hmm. early 80s anime kind of feel to it so you know for any listener who's been with us for a long time you know that we've been talking about some of these shows uh, especially anime shows like back from that time yeah uh, very familiar in terms of you know the the character design and it, it's very welcoming like i love it like there's a macross aspect of it too that yeah, kind of there's seems a lot very familiar kind of
1: similar yeah
0: right so this this felt extremely accessible because of the animation i was comfortable very comfortable watching this because i, I just i really like the characters it's familiar yeah. yeah
1: and it was like you know if you'd watch star blazers or as it's known like space battleship yamato or right. even if you watch you know like like sean mentioned uh, some of those titles or the original gundam or any of those things where there's a big focus on kind of like the uh the huge steel structures out there in space and how they move and how space is kind of depicted and the space battles that they have like all that stuff was really cool i also really liked the design of the cyclops because you didn't know what this thing was going to be remember this is like a 31st century depiction of these classic monsters and and creatures of myth but this thing was just like an enormous robot with a massive kind of central crystal eye that sometimes looked like a pepperoni pizza but for the most (laughs) part actually looked pretty good so i really like the design of that too
0: it reminded me of shockwave from transformers every robot in here is just a transformer to me i've gotten to the point where every cartoon is just a transformer well for better or for worse
1: it's and honestly it's it's part of the bad section too which we'll talk about in a little bit there's a lot of kind of cross-pollination among different franchises and different mm, animation studios maybe and some some things that are maybe borrowed some are blue you know
0: well i mean you know
1: we had the magician had some dogs that we'll talk about at some and they
0: definitely look like ravage no rumble though no rumble, rumble. Always want, always want rumble. Mm. You brought up the idea of you know space and just kind of the setting of this cartoon in general. I love uh, for better or for worse the idea of scale mm. uh, in this is very fun. You know, you yep. see that the the spaceship looks enormous, but very very early on in this episode, the the magician in black, you see uh, you see the 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 ship. Fly into the middle of a planet, yep. which you know you just—I don't know—I just I kind of like the how everything was kind of flowing. I like the fact that like you could see a lot of things that were there. I think they did a good job with a lot of the background. Plus, once you got into the actual castle, uh, there were a lot of things that I enjoyed regarding color theory that we've talked hmm. about in cartoons previously that have kind of resonated with me. You see a, a castle that's in the middle of this planet. It's purple. You go inside of it. You see a lot of the people who are in there who are in, like, dark purples. And if we've known anything about, you know, uh, kind of what we've learned from even, like, Beast King Go Lion or some of the other anime from that time, uh, purple is going to mean villain. Like, it's going mm. to mean that there's going to be an evil, more sinister presence. So, in that exact moment where I saw that castle, I was like, uh-oh, something's bad, about to go down. is a, a bad, bad omen. castle. It's a bad omen, and it's in terms of a color, <laughs> like, which is crazy. That they would kind of reinforce a lot of these things, so it goes to your comment about the cross-pollination and the the reuse of a lot of these things that they have in these cartoons, kind of across the board. But we even get a point where we have sort of a simulation at yeah. one point during one of these episodes, and they they go with this really fun pixelated environment. I love that. For some I thought point. that was such and a I nice was so touch. Cool.
1: Yeah, because they didn't have to do that. They could have just gone to like, oh, this is a simulated environment, and just you're just like, oh, we're just on earth, but it's not really earth, but they went to the extra effect of like kind of showing pixels at the edges, or if they tried to run through a Creek, it would kick up a spray of water, but it would also be kind of like pixelated and blotchy. And it was just like a really nice touch. Yeah.
0: Cool to see, you know, the idea of like, we're going to recreate something from a character's memory. But it's not going to be 100% perfect. It's, it's, yeah, it's not That was a nice there. detail. It was a yeah. nice finessed detail that they could kind of pull in.
1: And for 1981, to kind of add that, like, pixelation, it wasn't, you, you know, you weren't watching something that was, like, buffering over the internet because nobody would see that for another 10 or 15 years. So it wasn't something that you would normally kind of see. Like maybe you'd see it kind of across your TV or whatever. But for the most part, that was an unusual thing. Now, granted, I think the the links that we watched were restored versions. So I don't know how much of that was right. original and how much was maybe added by the folks on YouTube who restored these versions. But either way, whoever did it, it was a really nice touch.
0: I want to bring up a fun, interesting point. We talked a little bit about the fact that this was TMS and this was Deke who put this together. Also want to give a big shout out to the fact that this is from Nina Walmark, who Mm. created this. If that name sounds super familiar, you can go back maybe about a little over a year and you can listen to or a year and a half and you can listen to Spartacus and the sun beneath the sea. She is the the person who also helped develop that for television as well. So she has been behind two shows uh, that we've now watched. So, Nina, you're getting up there in the charts. We're loving it.
1: Loving it. I think another co-creator in this one was uh, Jean or Jean uh, Chalopin, and I'm yes. probably butchering his name, but uh, it's a name that's popped up before, and unfortunately, I don't remember quite where we've come across that before, but just wanted to give uh, give the co-creator his due. Right. He was actually, he had been in the group
0: that then formed the company that became Deke. Got it. And uh, he also, you know, was there, like, during the time... Uh, like, he's worked on, like, some stuff that's been, like, a part of, like, Saban, as well as also Fox Kids Worldwide. So right. a lot of those cartoons that we have kind of talked about in those in that uh, era. in those production companies, mm-hmm. uh, he has helped in terms of, like, either producing or being a director for those as well.
1: Cool. Anything else you have in terms of good data? Uh, I will just say, so that the highest rated episode, The Magician in Black, is a fun episode. Yeah. The ending is great. It's a twist that I did not see coming. Fantastic ending to this. I don't really want to give it away, but you know, 20 some episodes into the series, you get a nice moment of like, oh, things are finally going the right way for our heroes. And then this crazy kind of twist happens that kind of snuffs all that out. And I was just like, that's actually pretty good. And even our hero has a great line when he sees everything kind of crumble and fall apart around him. He goes, by the billion suns. And it just like, he just growled that line out. I was like, yeah, dude, I feel that. Like, that sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On to the next adventure. Put your right. floating people back up in space. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: Without spoiling too much, I have to ask you the question. Do yeah. you think he tied rope around all of their feet? I'll save, like it okay. <laughs> save it for my LOL. Okay. <laughs> right,
1: we'll save it for my LOL because that would it. make sense. We'll save it. Yeah. yeah. I know. Anything else from good stuff for you?
0: No. I mean, I, uh, there oh, were a boy, lot of character design that I thought was interesting. Yeah. But let's get into some of this because I think more of that character design ends up being LOLs.
1: For me oh, as no. Oh, well. no.
0: So, the bad. Mm. Some of this dialogue, Dave.
1: Oof. The deliveries and the writing itself is most of it for me was LOL for the most part because it was yeah. so bad that I just I laughed out loud every time.
0: Right. So, uh Telemachus saying, "Father, say it one more time. <laughs> say it one more time, bro. I dare you. I just double dog dare space. you." God, I just There was a part that I, I watching it I, I thought to myself, Hmm. Why couldn't Telemachus just be a floating body in the cargo hole?
1: <laughs> or just be a sacrifice to the Cyclops and this whole problem would have been avoided from the start. Oh, come
0: on, Dave. I mean, look, neither, of us, neither of us look, parents. all options
1: are on the table. I... Sacrifice a child to a space Cyclops. I don't know why he... that's so hard.
0: <laughs> he had just had a birthday, Dave. I no, mean, oh, did he? these are yeah i mean people the first are still episode, riding high yeah there's a lot of that was his birthday wish when he blew out his space candle he's like don't let me get sacrificed
1: to a cyclops. <laughs> his dad was like look telly any other day Marcus any other day i would have fed you to a space cyclops just so i wouldn't get cursed by the gods and have a floating army of people in my spaceship but because it's your birthday i'll give you this one it's a really really
0: specific wish so yeah it was what but it worked out
1: mostly Hey, what did he get for his birthday? Some cool present that was, like, not super annoying for the rest of the series? No, no, No. I don't want to talk about it. No, no.
0: Yeah, no. It was like, he got a a little robot sidekick named No-No.
1: Immediately. There there was something, like, visceral inside me that as soon as this thing popped up out of the box, if you've seen cartoons from the 80s and 90s, you know what this thing is. And it's just the annoying little sidekick that's occasionally going to do something cool. But for the most part, it's just gonna be there for like comic relief and just to be really friggin' annoying. It's the, the you know the Scrappy Doo effect or whatever you want to call it. But like right. you knew it as soon as it popped out. It's it was Snarf before Snarf, Scrappy Doo before well maybe not before Scrappy Doo but same kind of idea. Can you tell I didn't like No-No? no
0: no uh, no okay yeah no I mean I can tell he yeah. he really didn't do a lot for the show uh, and I, I will say a lot of it for me was there were moments where he started. And began to try to attempt to take credit for himself, like for himself as a robot that other people had done things. And that to me
1: that was a little weird. I was like, weird flex.
0: No, no. Yeah. I was like, everybody else is watching you do this stuff. No, no. Just maybe chill out, buddy. Like what? What is your problem here? And I didn't have as much of a visceral reaction as you did, Dave, from the onset. There was a moment where I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he looks he looks oddly cutesy and he's making a joke about like, do you want some nuts and bolts? And I, I don't want any of this, but I hope that he just kind of blends into the background. But and then, that
1: was the thing. That yeah. was the reaction I had because I could see it was almost like I had like, I like blacked out and had a vision of the future in that I would see all of Nono's terrible one-liners and like parts to play in every episode uh, from here on out. Because if you've seen that stuff before, you know what's coming. And it's just yeah. one of those things that I, I don't like to know what's coming in, in shows. So when you introduce a character like this, it's like, got it. I know. I know what this guy's all about. Yeah yeah he's fine he's got interesting parts to play in the first episode alone he either saves the day or causes the catastrophe that <laughs> results in the rest of the rest of the season um later on uh there's an lol from no-no i'll give him credit for
0: i, I want to say for the fact that like he takes credit for uh, things that other people have done mm-hmm. when he defeated the cyclops he was then like oh no no, no ulysses beat him
1: yeah no that <laughs> zeus that was that, Ulysses. it
0: that you know it's this I, guy you're bringing this up, Dave. Sacrifice mm-hmm. the robot. Like Sacrifice 100%. the robot. Get rid of him. He 100%. was the culprit. He was. Just end the case. Story done.
1: The Zeus is like, where's, where's the one known as Ulysses? Everybody should have just pointed at the robot. <laughs> Series over. One episode done. Happy birthday. Mock <laughs> That is not what happened. Uh, that's not what happened at all. No.
0: I, I, I think that there are a couple things that we both didn't like. And I think there are some things that you and I both agree upon. Yeah being some of either the plot points or sound effects that get lifted Ooh, boy. from Star Wars. And I want to say, because this past Sunday was the season finale of Rick and Morty, season mm. four, there's a moment in that final episode where Rick just goes, oh, no, are we doing a Star Wars? And watching this cartoon now, I these two episodes, I had moments where I... I out loud just went oh no we're doing a star wars
1: so let me Damn. guess when you saw the the planetoid with the crater in it that was big enough to hide a spaceship you were 100%. thinking of 100 okay, yeah. yeah
0: millennium yeah. falcon
1: yeah right in there exactly. no space worm unfortunately yeah. no space um worm. but i mean just even if you are watching the the stuff sometimes like visually stuff will be like wait a minute that looks like it's lifted like exactly from star wars or like if you're listening you're like, hold on a second that blaster sound is exactly the one from star wars or even the music yep. At times. And I think there's been some legal action, actually, for this cartoon. Because we're not the only ones who thought this. Uh, the people who actually owned the rights to Star Wars at the time were like, whoa, hold on a second here. Space Ulysses. <laughs> Something ain't quite right.
0: Yeah, there were actually a couple uh, allegations about copyright infringement yeah. that they had with Lucasfilms uh, for some of just like, even like the, it was the battle theme. Yep. Uh, there's and a John bunch of things work. that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bunch of stuff that they had that they thought was stolen from Empire Strikes Back. Yep. So. With it's a case, (laughs) it's funny because all of this is noted on the wiki page, which I did not read until after I was done watching the episodes, right? To kind of keep this all spoiler free for myself, and I I do that for a couple reasons. One, if they bring in they introduce characters but they never name them, I want to be able to call out the fact that, like, I don't have any idea who who these people are, so contextually you know, you as a as a new viewer are going to have the exact same problem that I went through. But then to be able to note these moments of like what sounded and felt like copyright infringement and then to go and be like, oh no, somebody actually took legal action. I laughed so hard at this.
1: <laughs> it's fair though. Yeah. And they weren't the only ones. There are a ton of people ripping off Star Wars at this point. So I'm sure they had their hands and their coffers full for right. sure. Anything else that didn't quite sit with you in this? Uh, a couple things. <laughs> just minor stuff or Uh,
0: yeah some of it was minor there were just some reused animation that they they had in one of the episodes Mm. uh that was very funny and if you go back and there's a moment where when the prisoners escape the magician in black's captivity who
1: is spoiler alert and actually a bad guy yeah (laughs) surprise 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 (laughs) a purple bad guy uh
0: when they're in the process of escaping the magician in black has some robot guards that are firing and the captives fire back in that moment where the robots collapse their animation obviously they just you know kind of keyframe like so they kind of crouch down and then lay on the ground and then other robots that are identical to them appear and stand almost over top of the bodies as if they were going to repeat that process of those robots firing and collapsing and falling exactly onto that exact same spot again it's a funny trick, and it was very, very minor, and I, we're at the level where I've just gotten so nitpicky about things, my eyes immediately recognized it and, and just noted it. It's not an egregious error, but it's right. just something kind of- you noticed. Yeah, it's something I noticed very quickly. What I will say was bad is that there's a moment where suddenly the magician in black is like, oh, let me talk to you about all my slaves also. The best thing that I have is what I call the most dangerous game, which is hunting man. And in that moment, I was like, oh,
1: OK. <laughs> Can I say that this is where my other other bad is? Because our hero, uh, spacefaring Ulysses, has survived 20 some episodes by this point. But before even asking the magician like what he wants in exchange for freeing all of his people, he just agrees to it. And then what <laughs> Sean just mentioned is what his side of the deal is. And then you'll see is like, wait a minute, slaves! Wait a minute, hunting people! It's like you've got to hammer out the details of the negotiation before you agree to it. This I is basic stuff, bud." This
0: is basic negotiator one hundred and one law. Look, I watched the movie The Negotiator. Yeah, I'm pretty in sure space. it was Sam Jackson and Kevin Spacey. Well, mm-hmm. just just Sam Jackson. <laughs> we've canceled
1: not... the rest of the Yeah. Okay. Just it Negotiator little... Thirty One it was actor. The cut without Spacey in it. <laughs>
0: So it just we they, they they get into all of this. and and Ulysses, to the credit of the writer and the dialogue, makes a claim that just says, "What can I possibly offer you? You can have anything you want at the right. wave of your hand. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. We'll hammer out the details later. I'm like, and Wait, just will like, we cool. Sounds good. Will, will we? Like, maybe I don't know. Anytime somebody says something to me that might have like a legal ramification, I'm like, I'm gonna need an email. I'm gonna need a notary. Yep. i'm gonna need a lawyer like and that's basics yeah that, now no, granted
1: no. we only know this because we agreed to do every listener recommendation before we actually hammered out any details we didn't know we were going to be held legally accountable so look learn from our mistakes
2: we're it, in it, this it, to yeah. the grave
1: okay <laughs> don't do like us or ulysses get the details hammered out first before you sign the line
0: i mean maybe this is our parallel to ulysses like this is a real Probably. live and learn moment for it us it really is so, yeah likes.
1: I also just created a little annoying robot that's currently running around my house, so learned a shut, lot of life lessons today.
0: Shut it down yeah uh what anything
1: else that you didn't uh, enjoy super minor but there's a character yeah. named Yumi who's the younger sister <laughs> of an uh, of an alien male figure when uh Marcus, Kind of gets abducted by the Cyclops early on. He lands in the care of, of these two uh, characters. And the first thing that Yumi says, her brother says to her, like, look, it's a it's a human boy from Earth. The first thing she says is, ooh, he's so handsome. And I was like, can we not? She's like six years old. Can we not? Can we not say Does she have anything everything? else yeah. that she could say? It was just a weird kind of thing of, like, this is my first introduction to this character. I know nothing else about her other than she is a younger sister and she finds the lead kind of the lead younger character handsome. And that was it. That's all we got from Yumi for quite some time. Uh, And then there was a weird kind of like telepathic, uh, what do you call it? Deus Ex Machina. That really helps speed things along and and jumps over, you know, realities and plot to help move things along.
0: (laughs) You got to stitch together somehow.
1: You do sometimes. You really just need to throw in that telepathy to to get it together.
0: I I talked a little bit about sort of the the battle robot animation just Mm. kind of getting reused. Just kind of like a lot of the things that we have in terms of the animation uh, is kind of an LOL for me. Like I thought that there was some good action that they had that they, they were able to animate for the time. I thought that that was really, really good. Uh, But there's definitely, uh, you know, some, some moments of just animation that are in here that just really kind of like made me laugh. Uh, Even in the scene where they're kind of getting cursed by Zeus and he just goes, let's hold hands. (laughs) <laughs> okay. which is like one it's a combination of like the circumstance that's happening to them sure the animations included and just the dialogue's really janky and for and some the, reason the it,
1: difference it, in like, height of the characters too was so really funny because some weird. people are just floating in midair at this point like the robot is just tiny floating in between two people at this point.
0: <laughs> just, everybody's just kind of levitating at this point and yeah. it, it seemed like it was slightly different animation because it was way thicker lines around those characters mm. uh, it, but then suddenly you know just like just the dialogue from like ulysses who just kind of seems like he's i don't want to say he's a bad dad but he seems like he's kind of a reluctant dad sometimes
1: yeah, yeah. the the warmest thing he ever says to makas is just like you're alive <laughs> that's it that's you it don't get any more warp from yeah. him like he saves him from a child eating cyclops monster and he's like well you're alive yeah the end <laughs>
0: I don't I don't want to fault him. I mean, you know, nice. he's 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 got a lot he's he's got a lot his on best. his mind, you know, but at the same time, just, it really made me laugh.
1: You know what made me laugh right out of the gates? What? The theme song.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just I to mean, why?
1: Because try uh, <laughs> listeners at home, whatever the song is, whether you know it or not, try to work the name Ulysses into a into a theme song that you actually have to sing. How would you pronounce it? <laughs> would it just be Ulysses? No, you got to jazz it up. U-l-y-s-e-e-s is how they pronounce the name multiple times in this theme song, Ulysses, to the point that you can't even tell what they're actually saying, because oh you're like, God. wait, the show's called Ulysses 31? Oh, Ulysses, got it. Right. Got it. <laughs> it is so over the top that it's hysterical, and it's a lot of fun to sing along with. Anything okay. else that cracked you up? Because I got a ton. I got dialogue yeah. stuff left and right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know you have a lot of dialogue. Let me, I think this is my final LOL, which okay. is, again, it's a dialogue. You know how I know a bad guy's a bad guy, Dave? How? Oh. Because he uses words like hitherto, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love bad guy dialogue. It's always so rich and like scene chewy.
0: It's, it's so it's so funny. Like hitherto, these are the this is how I'm going to proceed with hunting people. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we doing? Like it's he's just, laying it out there, man. And it's not even just what the actual dialogue is. It's picking apart those individual weird words. Hitherto, who uses that? It's it just the magician it, in black so surprising to me that they would include something like Hitherto in a line of dialogue
1: for a kid's I really, show. I really
0: really really thought there's gotta be a couple classics people who are like on staff. There's gotta be some like lit people oh, yeah. who are on staff who are just banging this out and having a blast with yeah. it in terms of what that they That was want like to a classic
1: there. translation of the Latin for Hitherto. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> one of, one of the, the greatest sins I think that we've seen in uh, animated series is when the dialogue over-explains what's happening in a scene. Let the animation tell the story, right? We've talked right. about this before. Like, mm-hmm. if somebody gets... It, it's like the Nicolas Cage thing where he gets a, a cage of bees shoved over his head <laughs> and he just needs to scream, I'm currently being stung by bees. Or they, like, kneecap him and he's like, my knees are now broken. Or you're breaking <laughs> my knees. It's like, you don't need to telegraph everything that's physically happening to you. And we can see it. So when uh, one of the Cyclops' priests gets like blasted in his one crystal eye and just goes my eye my eye i am blinded and then there's a couple beats that go by and he's like by the way i can't see it's like all right bud, we get it like you're done your part to play is over but it's not because he has another great line at the end to set this up ulysses and nono have like defeated cyclops and he's kind of blown up and the whole place is like coming apart everything is falling apart everything's destroying blowing up they everybody's got to get out of there this same priest Hangs out on, like, the edge of this precipice, and he's pleading to his gods. He says, Zeus, Poseidon, show us that no one can defy your mighty... Wah! Just gets completely obliterated, obliterated. Just vaporized, and he's gone. <laughs> but the, the voice delivery line, he, he gives it his all, man. It's like 11 out of 10. It was a great delivery on that one. Yeah. Some of, some of the other funny lines... But another, like, telegraphed one, Telemachus, just, like, such a childish line. We're we're talking about how the Cyclops is going to, like, eat children and uh, siphon their energy and feed it to his followers. Telemachus hears this, and he's like, "Mm, why sacrifice? Mm, Why children? I don't like it. (laughs) Like, that's his delivery. "Mm, I don't like it. Uh, Yeah, we get it, but nobody likes it. And probably one of the funniest things, I think, is one of the very early deliveries of the exposition, where they really want to let you know that they're hammering home... The story of the odyssey because ulysses is talking to a friend of his who says such a shame that you have to leave the troy base and head back home to earth and ulysses says yes but you know that if i don't return before the next comet my wife penelope must choose another husband and i completely <laughs> lost it at that point because yeah that's in the story and it kind of like gives him a purpose for trying to like rush home and speed home and it also gives a secondary story in the classic myth that uh, we visit penelope and she has to like keep suitors away from her door as they keep trying to approach and like she had like 108 suitors something something like that that. and she kept having excuses to like drive them away or whatever and it's like yeah it sets up a good dramatic tension between the two but what a bizarre way to deliver that little (laughs) nugget when we're first introduced to these characters it's just absolutely (laughs) insane gotta get there otherwise my wife will find a new husband basically it's like yeah we've all been there
0: So relatable, Ulysses.
1: (laughs) So I got to tell you uh, one funny thing that we we mentioned before. In the first episode, the gods curse the ship, whatever. Everybody's like kind of turned to stone and they're just left to float. What's the first thing that you would do if this happened on your ship?
0: I would like get some rope or a bungee cord. Yeah,
1: something. Sleeping bags. Anything. Something. Put them in a smaller room. So they're not banging around in zero gravity out there as you, as you fly <laughs> throughout space. Something to secure these people. Nope. They just leave them hanging around, just floating akimbo, just smashing into everything. My mental picture of that was one of the funniest things from this show. Because they never really show, you know, bodies just smashing in the walls as they accelerate to like warp speed. But that's exactly what would happen. Because of physics. And then when the fire was beneath them and they're just like floating above the smoke, it was both like a terrifying and hilarious picture at the same time. Oh, God. Just like, please, go, someone go take care of these people. Put them in a smaller room at least. I don't care if they're all crammed in there like sardines. Like, don't just leave them back out in the cargo hold.
0: Put put like a helmet on them. Because the last thing you want is to get... To come out of this, like, state of torpor yeah. and then be like, why do I have such a bad headache? Also, why, is... why do I
1: have so many black and blues? Yeah, I'm just like, all my limbs are broken.
0: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. I have another line of dialogue for a got? character that we haven't talked about.
1: Yeah? Which
0: is just the ship's computer.
1: Yeah. Named after <laughs> Cersei, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> they, well, this moment when we are flying into the planet that they see as this refuge and they're they're flying in and the ship's computer just uh, kind of alerts and and lets Ulysses know it says the odyssey is entering a region of intense energy cool <laughs> like,
1: thanks know, it was, thanks Shurka, or whatever your name is
0: yeah, it was like it was the like the level of enthusiasm that was in the voice of the ship's computer and just the delivery of it and it's the fact that they're showing like a static image of a computer with, like, a couple twinkle lights that are yeah, going just off just a little.
1: It. That's about it, yeah. I,
0: there was, like, I don't know how to explain to everybody. It hit so many checkboxes in being so distant but mm-hmm. so relatable at the same time. I just, I started laughing right away for no reason.
1: It, it happens a lot in this show, though, because there's a weird disconnect between what's happening on the screen and the way our characters react to right. it. Like, at that same, like, right before that moment. The ship goes into the planetoid, and it seems to pass some kind of, like, energy barrier, which isn't explained yet. The smaller ships that are following them all smash apart and start exploding. Yeah. So I think Ulysses is like, hmm, all the other ships just exploded. Or maybe the kid says it. Because then whoever answers him is just like, eh, could be anything. <laughs> you don't you don't say that It's space. Like, you just went through the same section of space. Everyone else <laughs> around you is exploding. You're in, like, mortal peril. Like, eh, it could, be, it could be anything. Could've yeah, it could have been bad oil change and who knows what could have been anything <laughs> it's just i don't know there's this weird disconnect that more often than not is funny but right i don't know do you think uh, i guess we can get into recommendations because i don't know if it's enough to kind of sync the show or if it's enough to recommend it
0: Oof. i don't know Oof. let's get into it All right so for any new or long-standing listeners we are gonna kind of go through the process. So we've kind of told you everything that we enjoy or that we don't enjoy or that we found very funny about Ulysses 31. So now we can recommend a show. We can tell you why we think it would be a good use of your time. You should go out and you should watch it. We can also say that we're not gonna recommend a show. And if we don't recommend a show, we probably are going to tell you exactly why. We're going to be very no-holds-barred blunt about what our recommendation is going to be. We'll probably also refer you to another cartoon that might be sort of in a similar vein that we think would be a better use of your time. If we don't recommend a cartoon, we can go one step further and we can put this cartoon into the dip. The Who Framed Roger Rabbit style dip, erase this cartoon from the annals of cartoon history. We have the ability to do that. Cartoon players are giving us the thumbs up. We're fine. We're fine. So for Ulysses 31, Dave, how are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Uh, I'm glad Bobby recommended this one. I'm glad we finally listened to his long list of recommendations and actually check this one out. Because it's got a really interesting premise in that it revisits that classic mythology with a futuristic space-based sci-fi twist. Mm-hmm. And I love that stuff. Uh, at times, yeah, it's it's really over the top. And that's kind of fun, too. It's fun to laugh at. But I want to go back and watch this from the beginning. And I also, it weirdly makes me want to revisit the Odyssey and kind of read that. And so I can better understand the parallels in this kid's cartoon, which is a weird thing I did not expect to say coming into this episode. So, yeah, there's some kind of irritating tropes and stuff aside as, as far as how they deal with gender roles and how they deal with the little tropey sidekick characters. But it's not enough to not recommend it. So I would actually say I recommend... Seeking this one out, checking it out. What about you? We are two for two. I'm going to recommend this as well. I really
0: enjoyed it. Uh, As I've mentioned, you know, there was something that was very familiar and very accessible. It made it easy for me to kind of get into this show uh, regarding the animation, uh, the setting, some of the different characters for better or for worse or for copyright infringement or not, you know, that that I found to be really fun about this. But a lot of it goes back to what Dave had mentioned, This is an interesting spin on a really classic story in a futuristic setting, and I I loved kind of seeing that I loved sort of the I want to say original take but obviously the Odyssey has been around for a very, very long time, you know, And, and just to kind of see this in a new or interesting light kind of updated for the 31st century, very interesting and kind of fun to watch. I'm actually interested in kind of checking out more of the fact that there are some people on YouTube that have been remastering a lot of these episodes to make them available. So if you are interested, now is a great time to be able to get into all of these and and really kind of uh, check out all 26 episodes while they're on YouTube. And and nobody seems to be suing them for copyright infringements on YouTube right now. I don't know how that works. We get copyright. Yeah, we get copyright strikes all the time. So you know the fact that they're doing this, go check this show out and watch it now. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: It was fun. Good job, Bobby.
0: Yeah, great job, Bobby.
1: I hope the rest of them are this good. <laughs> I doubt it, but I hope they are.
0: <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of listener recommendations between Bobby and other listeners. That's true. You know, We'll spice it up. We'll, spice we'll, it. We'll get into it.
1: Bring a little spice to your life.
0: Well, we have definitely talked a lot about our friend Bobby. Mm-hmm. You can check out our friend Bobby Anthem. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, with his co host Bobby Blades. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast in that same stream for Inhuman Experience. It is on pause right now, but I will tell you it's a fantastic listen. Go listen to Bobby's In Search of My Lost Soul. It's in the same stream as Inhuman Podcast. Bobby has been doing this solo project. It's a wonderful listen. I can't recommend it enough. It's available anywhere that you find Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, just about anywhere that you would listen to a podcast. Search Inhuman Experience and get a bonus in Search of My Lost Soul for free. Dave, what do
1: you got going on, buddy? Same old stuff, bud. You can still find me over editing this and that at Collider.com, expanding my coverage a little bit into uh, video games, probably as we speak. So taking that on, in addition to animation coverage, continuing Saturday morning cartoons here, and all kinds of other nonsense, you can follow me on Twitter, at MD, And if you'd like to read along, you can pick up The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press, available on Amazon, anywhere. Excellent books are sold. What's going on with you, bud? Man, as always, during this weird and interesting
0: time, I'm not doing improv comedy. But in the future, at some point, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. Uh, I know that we do in the future. We are going to be having, uh, maybe in the month of June, we're going to be having some shows that are going to be, I think, streamed through Facebook uh, or, or online at some point. You can check that out, witdc.org for more information on when those things are happening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sean paul ellis. Uh, I also do a comedy podcast uh, that is called The Bureau. If you are a listener of <laughs> Earwolf's The Teacher's Lounge, you might like The Bureau. I am uh, one of four people in a show that's called The Bureau. Uh, it's the idea of four people from the FBI actually doing a podcast in the break room uh, just as colleagues and friends just kind of discussing a lot of the things that they have that are going on at work in fact some of the uh, people who are on that show have been guests on our show so Jamal Newman and Isabel Galbraith we have almost just finished recording all of season two and I believe uh, season season two is going to be released I think on Saturday June 6th so kicking that off so check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts so very nice Thank you. Want to support us? Yeah, this little show. Saturday Morning Cartoons. You can go over to Patreon and search Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with the you. We really super appreciate it. Also, because we don't really understand how Apple iTunes or how recommendation engines work, don't worry. We're fine with that. You know how you can help us? Just tell a friend. Just repost. Tell a friend. Let them know that you're enjoying the show. Even suggest a cartoon. We'd super enjoy that as well. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter at MorningTunes. Remember, that's Morning with a U. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. We do read them. We try to get back to them as much as possible. (laughs) Looking at you, all those people who comment on our YouTube channel, (laughs) you can find all these links on our link tree that's in the bio for all of our social media sites. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Thank you so much to Bobby for recommending Ulysses 31. We'll see you in space. Space.
2: Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday morning cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.